understand, please, that this is coming from a Kenny Pickett backer, a Kenny Pickett believer. But he's got to break through. I think he's got to break through on Sunday. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates in the same place that you found this. Steelers versus Jaguars is 1.02 p.m. Sunday at Acrisure Stadium. It'll be Kenny against Trevor Lawrence. And being one of those people who's gone out of his way to compare the first 17, 18 games of Kenny's career to the first 17, 18 games of Lawrence's career in Jacksonville, this, for me, seems like just a perfect setting for Kenny to finally bust out. And what do I mean when I say that? Well, I'm going to put this into the parlance of other sports for the moment. If you're a first-round pick in the NHL, I want to see a hat trick at some point. You know, I want to see a really big offensive game, maybe two goals, two assists, something where you carry the ice all night long. If you're a baseball player, I want to see you go four for five with a with a two-run bomb and a couple of gappers, maybe sneak a steal in there. First-round pick, you know, right? Let's see it. Let's see it. Let's see it. Forget the offensive coordinator just for the weekend. Forget the running game. And in fact, you know what? With the way the Jaguars defend against the run, probably a good idea to do that anyway. You do want to go for balance. You do want to make sure that you're keeping them honest. But how about doing that toward play action? Did you know that Kenny completes almost 74% of his passes out of play action? Did you know that they've only run a play action play 28 times all season long? Let's see it. The fourth quarter. The fourth quarter, the fabled fourth quarter from Los Angeles. Let's see it extrapolated. 192 yards for the offense. Kenny completed his last nine passes of that game. And they weren't like little dump offs. You know, they weren't 100 percenters. They weren't screens. They weren't flicks. He was throwing downfield. Left sideline, right sideline. Hit Connor Hayward. Going across the middle, almost had that one go in for a touchdown. He found all kinds of targets, all kinds of ways. How about more of the designed runs? Remember when Kenny having designed runs was supposed to be a thing and they got away from it? Let's see some of that. If you're going to see the Jaguars getting all hungry and going after him and going after the backfield in general, poke through them. Step up. There's another one. Remember when Kenny stepped up in L.A.? I don't mean figuratively. I mean literally. Stepped up out of the pocket. Completed a pass downfield. What a a thing that was. It wasn't the panicky rollout to the left. It was a step forward. It was aggressive. It was bold. It was everything that you want Kenny to be over all four quarters, not just in the fourth. Let's see it. Does the coordinator play a part in this? Of course he does. There's a reason everybody, myself included, wants him to be fired. But he's there. 
And the plays that he scripted are plays that everyone on this offense, chiefly the quarterback, have been practicing for months now. Months. If they're the worst plays that have ever been crafted, you should still be able to execute them. Okay? You should still be able to execute them. You know how I know that? Because I covered the fourth quarter. It happened right in front of my eyes at SoFi Stadium. I was there. Wasn't a mirage, wasn't a hologram, it was real. Those were Matt Canada plays being executed and executed very well. So let's stop with the training wheels. Let's stop with the long lists of potential explanations for what went wrong. And for that matter, let's throw out injuries too. Look, Deontay Johnson didn't practice yesterday. Hamstring. That's a little bit of a concern. The last time someone had a hamstring show up for a second time on their injury report, he went to IR. That, of course, being Pat Fryermuth. I'm hoping that's not the case with Deontay. I'm sure Kenny's hoping that's not the case. But guess what? If it is, now you can get Calvin Austin, who wasn't involved at all last week, involved in the offense again. No excuses. No excuses. Just this once. And it might be the only time I do it all season. I'm going to have eyes only on number eight. He needs to win this game. Yeah, the defense has to stop Lawrence and you got to shut down Travis Etienne. They've got a couple of good receivers and all that other stuff. Fine. The defense is up to it. The defense has the people. The defense even has a little bit more momentum, I think, than the offense, even though the offense did quite well at the end in Los Angeles. From the offensive standpoint, I'm going to say it again. The Jaguars are going to stop the run. And if they choose to, the way the Rams did early in L.A., they can just stack the line. They can just take it away from you by choice. They can dare Kenny to do this thing that I'm talking about. Great. Great. So go. Do it. Get it done. 300 yards. Three touchdowns. How about that? 300 yards and three touchdowns. Is that asking a whole lot? We come back, J1Q. Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. LGKG is a personal injury law firm in Western Pennsylvania that represents people hurt in car accidents or who need help with workers' comp or medical malpractice. When the attorneys at LGKG make you a promise, they keep it. They've been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG's been AV rated, the highest rating a law firm can receive, and they've been designated super lawyers. That's actually a thing for over 15 years. It's a rare combination. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them by visiting lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. LGKG. Before I get to the the J1Q, just to kind of fortify the points here about Kenny, not to belabor it, but just something else to add to your information pool. These are Kenny's quarterback ratings by quarter over the course of this season. First quarter, 45.8, awful. 
Second quarter, 76.8. Nowhere near good enough. Third quarter, 92.9. Okay, you know, getting better. Fourth quarter, 102.8. This narrative that's been formed of clutch Kenny and Kenny only rises up whenever his back is against the wall doesn't align with these figures. These figures expose, and I mean this in a good way, that what's actually happening is that the offense is just kind of finding its way over the course of the game. And that Kenny is just kind of finding his way over the course of the game. It's not a matter of rising up when his team needed it the most or any other nonsense like that. He just needs to perform at a first-round quarterback level from the beginning of the game onward, which I will repeat here, is not asking a whole heck of a lot just of that one individual independent of all else. Andrew's J1Q is, hey, DK, did anything about this past week make you think about the Dan Moore versus Broderick Jones debate any differently? Moore played a pretty solid game in L.A., specifically on Jalen Warren's touchdown, where I am is that it's a shame to let our first rounder who played really well against the Ravens continue to sit on the bench. Do you think Moore sealed his starting job at least for a while? Andrew, I know that there's a a strong sentiment among the fan base, at least, you know, as well as I can gauge something like that, to get Jones in there. Almost, and I'm glad you worded it this way, on principle. Like, we have a first-round pick. We're not using him. This is ridiculous. You have some people even say, wow, wasted first-rounder. And it's, it's not either of those things. What you have is a situation where the head coach didn't want his starting left tackle to lose the job due to injury. And you know what? He didn't. Then Moore was put into a spot where he went out there against the Rams, certainly knowing that if he was anything less than really good, he was going to lose that job. And it turned out he was really good. So if you're Tomlin, why would you take Moore out of there, put Jones in, and maybe depreciate what you're getting out of Moore when you might need him? You might need him. You might need, uh, as as Matt Canada stated recently, a weird team that considers ourselves to have three starting NFL tackles between those two guys and, of course, Chooks Okorafor on the other side. Chooks had a good game, by the way. No one ever gives Chooks credit. So the head coach's choice in this circumstance was to maintain the culture thing about not losing your job to injury while also fortifying his depth. He knows what he got out of Jones against Baltimore. They all know what they got out of Jones against Baltimore. And they know they've got their left tackle of the future. I've seen uh, a few folks suggest that maybe you could trade more at the upcoming deadline, but that doesn't make any sense either. You know why? And this is longer term. But more can also be your right tackle next year, and you can cut chooks and save a ton of cap space. Chooks is really expensive. It's $8 million in cap space. So if you move 
more over to that side. You've got Jones on the left side, and everybody kind of knows that's the way it's going to go now, meaning in that room. That's not the worst situation either. But no, to answer your, your core question there, I, I'm not one of those people that feels like, you know, it's so sad that the first rounder is not this. I watched Troy Polamalu sit out his entire rookie year, you know? I mean, that's if Troy can watch from the sideline as a rookie, so can Broderick Jones. But I also understand that things have changed a lot since then uh, in that area. And it's got to be, I'm sure, a little bit exasperating for Jones to see Joey Porter Jr. out there all the time now. Keanu Benton's getting a lot of snaps. Darnell Washington, all these guys from his class, while the guy who was taken first and they traded up to get him isn't playing. I wouldn't sweat that. I really wouldn't. I just don't think it's a priority right now. Tomlin's going to go with his guy until he doesn't go with his guy. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers all week long. I'll obviously be covering the game on Sunday, and we're going to do another one of these shows on Monday. 